Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. I'm Jillian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Last week, I opened the conversation on preparing your MBS for seminar attendance. I got a little bit of feedback on that because people really didn't realize what I was talking about when I said MBS. Well, for short, that's mind, body, and spirit slash soul, whatever you want to use on the end. You know, it's become such a normal, routine conversation talk now, mind, body, and spirit are full. I got really tired of repeating myself all the time with that, so I just kind of shortened it, I don't know, a couple years ago to MBS. So from now on, please note that's what it means. I'm happy to report that I'm much grounded than last week. If you recall, I guess I was just being taken up by the momentum that's going on all around me, thank goodness, and I'm very thankful for that between the book and the radio show and everything. As you know, I'm getting ready to go to New York City next week, which I'll be broadcasting live at the Book Expo at the convention center down there. But if you've never been to New York City, you should really try to go there and put it on the top of your to-do list. It's worth the investment. You know, when I went a long time ago, I promised myself that I wouldn't be or act like a tourist. <laughs> but I have to admit, I mean, the minute I saw the Statue of Liberty outside my uh, window in the plane, I just kind of lost it. Standing there and watching her in all this historic glory outside my plane window, I guess I just little got overtaken by the enthusiasm and just the pride I had in being an American. I guess my inner tourist just started belting out. I was ooing and aahing like the rest of the people next to me in the plane, and uh, it just followed from there. But it seems like every time I return there, I can't help myself. It just brings out this natural reaction of being a funny tourist like the rest of the world. So now I've just kind of accepted that part of myself. It's just me. So as I was writing this show, I really realized that there's a ginormous gap between wisdom and knowledge. You know, and everybody has that up for debate. And for me, I think wisdom is a healthy mixture of both experience and knowledge. But what's kind of creepy about it is we all have friends that um, are like overweighted on one side or the other. You know, those kind of friends that know everything about everything in their life. You bring up a subject, sure enough, they know everything about it, even if they don't know it. They act like they know it. It drives you crazy, right? And then on the other side, you've got your friends and people in your life that have experienced everything you have ten times over, but their experience is better than yours always. So they have a better story, and they're always trumping one over the other. And if you really stop to think about it, 
it should be a balance of both of those to create good wisdom. So you can't rely just on personal experiences to create lessons of growth or just book knowledge or knowledge in general to become this even kind of killed person we're talking about. And the reality of our lives is that we're all working on a, a con- time constraint here. If you think about it, our lives only have a finite number of hours we live on this planet. So there's no way we can possibly experience every human experience that we want to, no matter how hard we try. And the reality is that there's parts of ourselves that want to keep trying, right? I mean, this uh, inner speaker that people talk about, it's not satisfied with the status quo. So it's constantly looking for the desire to learn more, experience more, but the challenge is we only have X amount of hours and minutes on this planet. So one of the ways that we can satisfy ourselves through this healthy seeker is to learn from listening to experiences and knowledge of others. You know, people that are so diverse from our own past that we want to listen to their personal legacies and somewhere develop our own understanding and duplicate some of their own experiences. As you know, I won't talk about it any much more, but I think, as you all know, I went to see the Dalai Lama. Now, you can definitely state without unquivocality that this man is leading a life very few people will ever experience in their own lives. He has such fascinating stories and insights to share from those stories that he's learned. And the wisdom that he can give to the world is astronomical. This is why I believe we're called to go to seminars and read books and attend workshops. They feed that part of ourselves that need are that need more information, more insights, but we can't necessarily do it on our own. It's really a wonderful experience to learn from each other because really if you stop and think about it, isn't that the point of our life at some basic level anyway? Because no one paths are meant to be experienced or duplicated. There's no way that anyone can duplicate the life of the Dalai Lama, but we certainly can be a student and learn from what he has to teach. It's meant to be that way. But yet what boggles my mind is I watch thousands of people attend these kind of seminars, not the Dalai Lama, we'll put him in a special category, but, you know, everyday seminars and workshops and different books that people read, and then they want to duplicate exactly what they learned from the group leader. You know those kind. They're sitting next to you, and they're taking these meticulous notes from beginning to end, making sure that they don't miss any nugget of insight or experience or knowledge that they can take home and duplicate and replicate verbatim in their life. But you know what happens, don't you? After a while, they arrive back home, and they are heck-bent on duplicating 
the exact formula that the leaders gave them two weeks or a week prior to what they're doing, and they follow it to a T. But yet they still don't find themselves successful or living up to their standards of change of what they want to duplicate and set out for their own lives. So you know what they do? They go right back in and do it all over again. So if they didn't find it at one seminar or leader or book, they'll go read another. And they seem to replicate and get this vicious cycle going of they just keep doing it over and over and over again. It's really sad, and it's kind of hard to watch sometimes. I've had friends and people that have done this in our lives, and I'm sure that you have friends that do it to you. They're almost addicted to seminars, but they never make that next jump to making it their own. I have to applaud their stick-to-itiveness, however, and their love to succeed at what they're doing, but they're missing that inner peace that takes it to the next level. They get lost in the translation from common knowledge to insightful personal wisdom. And for some reason, they drop the ball on the other side. As you'll recall, the last show that I did on Thursday, I talked about what you should do to prepare yourself, mind, body, and soul, MBS, before you get to your actual event. This week, I want to talk about some techniques and suggestions and thought that I've learned along the way that you can add to your experience after you're done with the actual event. They haven't learned how to transpose that newfound knowledge into that what we love to call insightful wisdom. They don't know how to take that information and gurgle it around in their brains and put it into tasks and things that they can duplicate in their own. After the break, I want to talk exactly about that. I want to talk about how we can do some simple thoughts and ideas to change and make your money and your time worthwhile from the seminars and books and workshops that we're all attending. In a segment that I'm calling Taking Time to Simmer, in your own genius pot. I want to talk about that after the break. So I'll see you in a couple minutes. Join me for that on the other side.
welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. I'm your host, Jillian Mosfaffin. I am presenting the second part of my thoughts and ideas on how to prepare from seminars, workshops. And as I talked about last week, you know, we are spending over $100 million as of 2005 on these kind of events and self-help and self-awareness manuscripts and uh, projects and seminars. The part that I'm amazed about is that we keep on doing it, and obviously there's a need for it because I talked about in the first segment that we do have this inner seeker inside of all of us that wants and craves that knowledge and understanding of the workings of the universe, but yet we do so much effort during the time we're there, we don't take as much effort to debrief ourselves and make it work for us by transposing it into our own language that we're comfortable with. And you have to understand, we are all teachers and students for each other. That's the whole purpose of this game of life that we're working in. And you have to also understand there's no one human being that's destined to duplicate someone else's path. We're all born with our own personal missions that we have to teach and learn from each other, but yet we seem to be heck bent on duplicating someone else's path. And then we wonder why it doesn't work and we spend all our good hard-earned money to do it and then they get upset because they can't do the same way. It's because you haven't made it your own. There's a certain extent, what are we looking for when we go to these seminars and workshops and books? You have to figure out what you're looking for to improve and work on. You have to set yourself up for a vision of where you want to be on the other side. If you're going just to duplicate and be, it won't it won't work. We set ourselves up for a certain extent. We follow the formula that these speakers and and people share with us to achieve wealth and power in our own life, but yet we haven't made that information our own. I'll give you an example. I had a client of mine, and he was really committed to leading this spiritually awakened life, and gosh bless him, he was really committed to doing it. So he started reading every self-help book. And he went to every seminar that was coming in his area. And he would just do this over and over and replicate and replicate and replicate. In fact, he was never leaving downtime between. He would just keep going. And every session after he would go, he would come back and report his findings with me in great pride. And he would try to follow the advice of what the teachers were giving him at all of these seminars. Now, I started watching this unfold over several months. And you'll be surprised to what I found. What I found was he was falling deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole of knowledge overload. Somewhere in there, he was losing sight of his own personal opinions and beliefs that he was gaining from the experiences. So he's putting himself out there for to experience the experiences, what I always say. But he was getting confused because one teacher would tell him to live one way. 
And then another, he'd read another book and they'd tell the complete opposite. And then he'd run into my office and say, you know, could you help me decipher what I'm supposed to be doing here? And I was watching him just getting more and more frustrated. So by the time the six or seven months had passed, the guy was just like overload and all over the board for what he was doing. So guess what I told him to do? I gave him an assignment to stop getting himself into the tailspin. I told him he had to stop reading any self-help books or attending any more seminars for six months. And on top of that, he was no longer available for me. I, I was no longer available for him to run to, to ask questions or to clarify in his own mind his own decisions of what he wanted to live and how he didn't want to live. Well, gosh, by his reaction, she would have thought I told him to quit eating food for six months. He had this look of mortified, like, what am I supposed to do now if I don't keep working on this and, you know, I'll go into this no-land mode of doing nothing. But what I was trying to explain to him is that he had to step off this knowledge train that he was on. And I was forcing him to go inward, to wade through all that he had already figured out, the knowledge that he had deciphered and gathered along the way, so he could find his own wisdom and truth and find the answers within himself for the bigger questions that were coming up into his brain. Because really and truthfully, we all have the answers to our questions of awakened living and what we're supposed to be on the inside. So then you have to ask yourself, how did the seminars fit in what I was telling him to do? Well, it's an ebb and flow process. You have to know and learn yourself. I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. I didn't tell my client to stop going to seminar. I told him to refrain and step back and let everything come down into his own brain and figure out what worked for him and what didn't. Seminars and books and all those different kind of genres are good for direction and giving us concrete knowledge. But then we always have to go back to our own home base. So you have to think about it like this. When we are attending these seminars or when we're reading books or workshops, we're expanding our knowledge base in a very short period of time, right? We're jump-starting our own inner thoughts and imagination by new knowledge and how exciting that is. But you have to know when to step back. It's your responsibility to take that information and bump yourself up to the next level of growth on your own. You have to be able to know how to transform knowledge into sacred wisdom by what I call taking time to let it simmer in your own genius. You have to let it simmer in a knowledge stew until it's ready for your own recipe of change. 
think of it like this. How many times have we all seen remakes of movies or heard remakes of songs? Each one of those start out with the basic ingredients from the original recipe or music or movie that they started with. Then the artist takes it, he looks at it, he revises the original vision, he mixes and jumbles it up and adds his own imagination. So the other part of the story is when it comes out at the end, it's a totally unique standalone masterpiece. That's the point of seminars, my friends. That's the point of books. It's meant to give you confidence and courage to try something different and make it successful on your own. Now, will it work? Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. That's why I told my client and told him to cut off everything. He wasn't fostering these his own ideas and thoughts and he was losing both his confidence and courage to make his own expression. As I talked about on Thursday, if you don't take the second part of the story and make it your own, it'll only hang around for a couple weeks, and it'll dissipate like dew on the grass, and it'll never return if you don't. So let's use the example of both of these ideas and put it to the next phase after you've attended that great seminar your own because it's time for you to make the information on your own. I truly believe we all have our own inner genius. We've all heard sayings and stories a thousand times from the same people and different people. But for some reason, sometimes if we hear the exact story from another person, it comes out different in our brain when we think of it. That's what our personal wisdom does. So here's my suggestion that I have to you. Next time you are attending a seminar or you read a book, I want you to stay in the moment of what's right in front of you. Don't try to take too many notes. Only take the notes and thoughts that come down to you. Remember, your brain is still downloading information. In fact, your brain is downloading information faster than you can write the notes that you're taking. So just because it's not on the piece of paper doesn't mean your brain's not taking in all the information and insights that be, that's being shared by the leader. Write as much as you feel that you need to, but here's where you have to trust yourself and your brain at the same time. After you're done and completed with your seminar and book, I want you to do the same thing in a very compact way that I told my clients to. For the first two days, I want you to do nothing at all with the notes that you took from your event. I don't want you to reread it. I don't want you to enact anything that was told to you. I don't even want you to put any effort into thinking about what just happened. Here's what I do want you to do. Instead, I want you to carry a notebook or journal with you at all times for the next two days after you've listened to someone speak. Let your brain debrief itself. 
from the insides in information that you were given. Let it simmer in there for a little while and write down exactly what comes out. Your brain is now starting to transpose the knowledge and insights from the teacher or leader and transforming it into your own wisdom language. Watch how it carries the same gist of the speaker that you listen to, but it'll have a little twist here and there, your own personal wording, your own personal paraphrasing, and they will mean more to you if it's in your own words. Now, let me caution you. Don't cheat. I know how excited people get when they find new insights and ideas that are going to make them more wealthy or bring them more power and strength in their own careers and their own success. Don't cheat. You'll mess it up. The reason you'll mess it up is because, again, you're going to be downloading someone else's information on top of your own. I know it may take longer for you to start enacting and get in there and and curb your enthusiasm to start right away on your new lifestyle. But I'm asking you, take as long as it takes. It may take more than two days to write down all the stuff that's coming up in in your psyche. Do that and let it foster itself. You'll know when you're done. This is what I did when I listened to the Dalai Lama. I knew that I needed to write my own post later on in my own thoughts, but I also know how the mind works. I didn't didn't take any notes. I wrote down exactly what I did for about five days, actually. I wrote whatever came up to my imagination and my own thoughts and let it simmer to, to make it my own. If you start adapting these suggestions, you're going to start seeing how your own capabilities of getting in touch with your own inner genius and that knowledge will become a part of your wisdom that you impart on others and changing your own life. If you have the sticking power, you're going to see that you're going to make it past that two-week proverbial honeymoon phase that everybody talks about after you go to these seminars. Please keep replicating when you feel like it and go in and out of the self-help game, as I call it. When you feel that you need a calling to go to a seminar and bump up your new knowledge, you'll know when you've plateaued. You'll know when it's time to get back for another knowledge boost, as I call it. But until then, work back and forth between wisdom, knowledge, and experience, and you'll be able to boost your seminar experiences more than you even can imagine, and you will begin to see yourself as a leader and a teacher of others in the same way. I'd love to hear, after you guys do this, I'd love to hear reactions back. So you can always email me at Jillian at JillianMossBackman.com, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. Tell me your experiences. Tell me if this works for you and how it manifested in your own life. I want to remind you, next week's Tuesday, 
I'll be doing a special one-hour edition on the floor of the BEA convention with my guest publisher and distributor, Eric Miller. I'm excited about doing this. He's attended this convention now for 31 years. He's going to talk to us about his opinion on publishing and where he thinks the industry is going into the future. And he's pretty upbeat about it, by, by golly. He has some really good ideas. But between now and then, remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary for us to grow. I will see you next Tuesday, high noon, for a special edition at the BEA convention in New York City. See you then.